get past them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Modern Man Podcast, where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace discomfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. If you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to share and subscribe to the podcast. And also, don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind Group, where you will find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to take control of your time and unlock your potential in life. Join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And I'm excited to get some wind in our sails today. It is a pleasure to introduce Greg Scheinman on the podcast, the midlife male. Greg, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I can introduce you as the midlife male, and that's kind of like the overarching brand. But I really want to make sure I give you an opportunity and our audience an opportunity to get acquainted really quick and learn more about each other. So please, without any further ado, uh, take the floor. Yeah, thank thank you. Um, I'll work backwards. I mean, I am a midlife male. I'm 50 years old, uh, married for 22, together for 25. Uh, we have two teenage boys, 19 and 16. So we got a freshman in college mm-hmm. and a sophomore in high school. And you know, look, it's been a, it's been a 30 year, if you will, journey, you know, of entrepreneurship, yeah. um, various businesses. I started in the film industry as a film producer for years. I had a sports video company for, for years, which we exited out of that had, Deals with, you know, the NHL, NCAA, NFL, NBA, all those things, doing doing some licensed stuff for kids, which was awesome. Uh, I spent 14 years in the insurance and risk management business, mm-hmm. building up a large firm, which ultimately uh, we sold at the end of 2020, where I dealt mostly with, with the cool stuff in a way that you like. You know, if you nice. can eat it, drink it, work out with it, you know, all the stuff that we're, we're into. I worked with a lot of amazing brands and entrepreneurs and businesses in that field. And, uh, you know, along, along the way, I've always enjoyed being creative and having conversations and embracing curiosity and listening and learning from guys that were out ahead mm-hmm. from, from, of me. Um, and really that's kind of how I got here. You know, I, I started a television show years ago in Houston where I hosted on PBS for a while and, that was interviewing entrepreneurs and risk takers. It turned out that those conversations were becoming uh, deeply personal. Yeah. You know, I was talking a lot about entrepreneurship and risk and risk assessment and risk mitigation stuff in life. And it turned out that like, you can apply that everywhere. You know? um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's where the conversations were headed. And I started writing about those conversations, which became the newsletter, ultimately it became the podcast. Uh, we combined the two and it became a book, which has been, uh, become a bestseller as of November when it was released. And now I'm out there speaking, uh, speaking to, to companies and groups and organizations along with coaching guys one-on-one. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's been very rewarding. It's been a lot of fun. And really the mission is to help men maximize middle age, you know, to stop seeing aging, as something to fear, start seeing it as something aspirational, believe that our best days are still ahead of us. And, and let's get serious. Like let's, let's live better and longer and happier and healthier and wealthier and have more fun. You know, whether you're 40, 50, 60, you know, mm-hmm. we got a lot of runway ahead of us. Yeah. I, I love it because, and, and this is something I'm going to say where old Ted wouldn't say this because I would be afraid of sounding conceited or uh, afraid of sounding, you know, uh, Uh, full of myself, but I'm never going to forget when I was young, I was 22, 23. And there was an older gentleman who said, man, just wait until you get 30. You'll have a gut like me. You know, I'm knocking on the door of 35 and right before sitting down on the podcast coming out of the gym, I just sent, you know, my wife a shirt off picture because my abs are out and, you know, my chest is plump right after a workout. And I, and, and something we have in common is I barely wear a shirt at home. You know, you say you barely wear a shirt when you're working out and I'm knocking on my mid thirties, but there's something that I feel like society has put out to us that as men, when we get into our thirties or when we get into our midlife, like it's all going downhill, what happens to us in our thirties that, that scares men so much? Yeah. You you make a few great points here and we can kind of touch, touch on all of them. You know, one of them I think is this kind of conformity, complacency, redundancy, you know, mm-hmm. that seems to take over for men. You know, there's this path, 
mm-hmm, yeah. of what it's supposed to look like. You know, you go to school and you graduate, you know, and then you get a job and you got to work, obviously got to work that job. And then you're supposed to get married and then you have kids and you're supposed to get promote, keep working. And this, this hustle and grind and 24 seven and this metric of success for men, you know, is salary and title, you know, typically, you know, and we tend mm-hmm. to fall into what I call the over-indexing trap. You know, we okay. put a lot of eggs into that basket, you know? And what happens there is other things fall by the wayside. So let's say our health and our fitness are also at the same time, our bodies and our metabolism and everything is starting to change. So you're not responding as well as you used to. You used to maybe in your twenties, be able to eat whatever you want or go out drinking and still be able to hit the gym the next day, or you're not going to you know, lose your abs or well, that's changing, you know, yeah. in your thirties and beyond. And something's got to give, you know, somewhere. So I think a lot of men fall into that. And here's the other troubling part. That conformity, complacency, redundancy, mediocrity, all that, it loves company. Mm-hmm. So that's what the masses look like. Mm-hmm. Expanding waistlines each year, you know, you give up some of your hobbies, your healthier stuff. You start maybe, not that there's anything wrong with it, maybe you're playing a little golf and you're having a drink, you know, at the ninth hole and then it becomes every hole and then 18 holes and then 27, you know, and you're building your career. You're maybe you're taking people out to dinners, you know, and you're yeah. networking. And think about what all this, you know, really looks like. Hmm? Mm. Doesn't look super, super healthy. Maybe in any other area than, than, let's say, career, you know, progression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what a lot of guys, you know, fall in, fall into. You know, and I think what you're also describing for yourself, and yeah, the aesthetics are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the aesthetics, you know, are the outcome and a result of healthy living and healthy behaviors. They're just, they're a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. The reason you do it. Really, I mean, is to feel good, to move well, for me to earn more money, to show up better as a, as a husband, as a father, to be able to go do what we were talking about before we were rolling, go to Denver and hang out with Eric, you know, Hinman and Brian Mazza and be able to do that shit at 50. Yeah. And be the oldest guy there. And you know, it's interesting, you leave there and what do you get? You get opportunities like this to come on and talk to guys like you who are in their thirties and are seeing what's around the bend and want to get out ahead of it and do it better. Yeah. And I'm getting calls from some of those other guys that were there, you know, they're only 36, 37, 38. Hey, what I thought midlife was, you know, what I saw mm-hmm. with my dad, you know, or my uncle, you know, or my stepfather, you know, or my boss, even right now, that's not what you look like. <laughs> that's not what you're acting like. And you've got a kid in college and another one in private school and cars and a million dollar house and a career and a wife and that. Hey, walk me through that. Yeah. How do I do that? We get, yeah, I get the why. I get why you want to be in good shape, why you want to be a good husband, why you want to be, you know, make a bunch of money, why you want to be all these things. But let's really get into the fucking house. Sorry if I can do that. Like, that's where I light up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cool. Why is awesome. Okay, we can do a lot with why. That's a starting point. Now let's get into how and what do those steps look like? What does that framework look like? And how can I share all of my failures and experiences and and bumps in the roads and valleys of despair that helped me get me where I am now and still just getting started in figuring it out? Yeah. And man, it's, it's, it's a journey in going through it. Something you said early on in that, which, which really resonated with me about kind of like on the ninth hole, having a drink. And I remember a conversation with a friend of mine and, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I was out the other night, had a couple drinks and that was, that was about it. I'm like, man, it was, it was hitting me. And uh, he's like, oh, two drinks. That's nothing, Ted. You can't party like you used to. And I was like, no, 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 no. I could party like I used to, but I don't recover like I used to. And because of that, I don't indulge like I used to. And something that I I saw when I was on your website that really jumped out that I'd love to jump in a little deeper, kind of that you touched on it when you talked about getting to the house or the aesthetics being kind of the 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 outcome where I like to use the word symptoms. Right. 
the six pack, the the aesthetics are the symptoms of what we do every day. And you mentioned rewards and consequences, everything we do having rewards and consequences. I'd love to kind of unpack more of that because so many of us, I think as men, we live our lives without fully weighing what the rewards and consequences of our action actually are. Sure. I think, I think there's a few things here, you know, one, you know, I think that what we're talking about and you're seeing, they're taking a similar approach is focus on the actions, not the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like it's great to have an outcome. You know, I say rule number one, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. You yep. know, like you got to have a plan. You got to have a destination and knowing what's important is what's really most important. We got to figure that stuff out. But once you know and have that idea, mm-hmm. we got to focus on the actions more than focus or fixate on, on the outcome, because the outcome is the result of the series of actions that we take day in and day out. So for example, I want to help a million men maximize middle age. Nice. Okay. That's, a, it's a big goal. Okay. And you can say, I, I get why. And now here's the real question. How are you going to do it? What exact actions are you going to take to make that idea you know, become a reality? How do you go from idea to execution? So now we got to work backwards, man. We got to reverse engineer back quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily down mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Okay. So we're having conversations like this. It's going to go to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. We're going to redesign the newsletter. We're going to get into SEO. We're going to put out better content. What does better content actually look like? You know, how are we going to turn pro? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to be out there speaking. So what does that entail? Whether it's a speaker's reel, whether it's, you know, whether it's which kinds of organizations and groups, you got to really get into the, you know, into the details of what it yeah. looks like. And it's in every aspect of our life. How much time does that take? How much bandwidth? You talk about having a, a couple of drinks and the issue is not having the couple of drinks. The issue is not recovering well the next day. Mm-hmm. So now it's eating into your time. It's eating into your productivity. It's eating into your performance. You go back to risk reward or better one or better two. Which one is better? I'm not going to have a couple of drinks because I don't want to blow the next day because it takes me away from my goal. It doesn't get me closer to it. It gets me farther. Yeah. I can see that. I can make sense of that. Maybe one is okay. Maybe earlier rather than later, all of these other things, you know, but we get back to actions over outcomes and to your point there produce more than you consume. Mm. You can say it's about a drink. You can say it's about anything. But here's the: I'm trying to spend my time producing, more of my time producing rather than consuming. There's a reason they call them followers. Mm-hmm. So only the, the guys that I'm looking at, the ones that we're talking to, and it's great to be supported. I wish they would change that from like followers to something else, like supporters, you know, or people that like you, you know, or, or yeah. something, you know, but the reality really is the majority are followers mm-hmm. and they are consuming way more than they're producing. And the guys I'm looking at, whatever age, stage, or even, even gender women too, like they're producing way more than they're consuming. They got the blinders on, on where they're going and their goals and their challenges and their resources and where they're headed. Mm-hmm. And they say, thank you. And they're grateful for all these and all the other, but they're <laughs> moving, you know? Yeah. What would you say to someone that might have a hard time transitioning from the consumption to the production? Where I find myself, my, one of my issues and my big problems, uh, I, I know a lot of people see the bookcase behind me. I I love absorbing books. I love absorbing knowledge. And then I've gotten to a point where you you end up, when you read enough self-development books, you read enough business books, you start to see a recurring theme. And it starts becoming the times like, all right, how many times do you have to hear this lesson before you just do it? <laughs> look, you nailed it, okay? Um, look, this is rule number three. Okay. Well, yeah. Rule number three in, in my five rules to transforming from mediocre to maximize. Here's rule number three. And it's exactly what you're talking about. But aggregate, curate, and eliminate. Mm. You can ace your entire life. Okay? And what I mean by this is there's a lot of noise. There's so much stuff out there. Books are aggregated from everything that's out there. Mm? It's a lot. But here's the key. You got to curate it down to what really matters and what really works for you. Mm-hmm. 
It's not everything. You got to curate it down and then you ruthlessly have to eliminate everything else. To, to your point, like there's a gazillion books about the same topic. Pick your favorite. You know, there yeah. are lots of people that you can follow out there. Pick the ones that really work for you. Like for me, I got guys in fam. I got guys in family hmm, that I look at. Fam- my six Fs: family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun. And I got people in each one of those categories that I respect and that I look to and that I think are leading from the front. But it ain't all of them, because you can do this all day. Reading, scrolling, watching, listening, being told what to do. And it can all be great. But what's it doing? It's sucking up your bandwidth, too. Yeah. And how can you be productive and get where you're trying to go if all you're doing is consuming everybody else's great stuff? You know, <laughs> you know more isn't better. Let me say, yeah. better is better. Keep it simple. We can complicate workouts. We can complicate finances. We can, com- we can complicate just about everything. But you can also keep it simple. Push, pull, hinge, squat, bend. Like, it works. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. My wife came to work out with me one day, and um, I was just doing a leg day. And literally, I, I was kind of just doing a baseline, just 10 sets of 10 squats, and then just a little bit of kettlebell swings afterwards and some calf raises. And she was like, this is boring. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is the process though. Right. And sometimes the process isn't glamorous. Sometimes the process isn't beautiful or flashy. It's just that it's just the process. Look, fitness is a great, exa- it's a great example because fitness is very quantifiable, you know, also, mm-hmm. you know, as the saying goes, 200 pounds is always 200 pounds. It doesn't lie. The iron doesn't lie. You know, yeah. you can either lift it or you can't lift it. You know, like, like certain things that are there. But again, yes, we can we can make it fun. You could try to make it sexy. You can make it complicated. You can do anything. But again, these things apply in all areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of exciting, sexy, fun businesses. Question: Are they profitable? Mm-hmm. Like what sounds sexy and fun to me? Profitability. <laughs> so I'm saying you can look at brands and you can look at all sorts of stuff and oh I should invest in that or I want to be around those people or do this if you really start peeling back the layers the question becomes what are the fundamentals of this business does it work you know beyond like what itch is it trying to scratch you know for me yeah yeah in there too and then oh well I'm looking at a bunch of car washes and I'm looking at a bunch of real estate and you say okay this is not super sexy Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as sexy, you know, as the protein company, or it's not as sexy, you know, as the clothing brand or whatever it might be, you know, out there. Guess what? Makes money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Something well, we said for passive income, something we said for residual income. So guess what you can do with that? Now you can maybe play a little bit, you know, in these other areas. Yeah, storage mm-hmm. units and things like that. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so the point is, like, you get to define what your measure of success is. You know, and where you may want to combine personal passion with professional expertise. And not every, you know, not, you know, it's not always necessary to just quit your job or follow your passion. And all of your hobbies and passions may not give you the, the, the lifestyle that you're looking for either. Maybe they, so, you know, there's just a strategy, you know, to it. And, and what I find is, you know, working with good people helps you figure it out. You know, coaches, mentors, advisors, masterminds, places you can go where there are trusted resources, again, that you have aggregated, curated, and eliminated. So you find the ones that you believe in. And then work there. Really work in each one of these areas. And it's amazing what happens when you're consistent in your discipline. Yeah. I want to address kind of the avatar of the modern man right now in terms of really kind of being that that midlife male, right? Where kind of what you just touched on, they might have a full-time job, right? They're working on a side gig, side business. It's somewhat profitable, but kind of just barely staying above water. They have a family and they feel stretched. You know, what, I guess, what practical steps would you give this person sitting in that scenario? And I know there's still a lot more detail you would need to know to really pour into that person. But I guess what are some of the 
uh, generic steps you can maybe give to someone to help maybe iron out their their lives a little bit? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think you know the first thing I would point out is that for a lot of men, we think that we need to be doing everything for everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. we're the husbands, we're the fathers, we're the providers, we're the ones we put everybody ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And we think again that that's what we're supposed to do, you know, as men. We are the ones that sacrifice and suffer and we do it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we just commiserate with other guys that are doing it. Again, we're back to the misery loves company thing and everybody's okay because that's kind of how it works. I'd offer that the first place to start is to put yourself first. And that self-care is not selfish. In fact, it's one of the most selfless things you can possibly do. If you want to make your life better and the lives of everyone else around you better, start taking care of yourself. Mm. Mm. If you're out of shape, start getting in shape. Mm. If you're depressed and you're unhappy, all these things going on, okay, start seeing somebody. If you don't have a coach and you're not working and you're rudderless, again, you're out there rudderless. You're navigating really without a plan, without a map. It's Groundhog's Day, day in and day out. Like you've been doing things the same way for a long period of time and they're not working. Okay, time to get a little help on this. Time to start working on yourself. It's the oxygen mask analogy on the plane. When their masks drop down from the ceiling, what do they tell you to do? Put your mask on first before you start helping anybody else. Mm -hmm. This is about living and leading by example. Mm. And when you start living and leading by example, others get in line. They also start, they start to see that. Mm? You attract and repel what you deserve based on your habits, your behaviors, your lifestyle. Dress a little bit better. Mm-hmm. How do you perceive yourself? How do you want others to perceive you? You know, it's the saying goes: dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All these things are combined. You know what happens? You start getting a little better shape. You naturally want to put on a tighter shirt mm-hmm. or better looking out. <laughs> like these things again, they're all connected. You start feeling a little better, getting a little more energy. Guess what? Your productivity goes up. My productivity goes up. What do I start thinking about? Oh, I could earn a little bit more money. Where do I want to go with this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Got a little bit more energy. Start getting a little roundness in the shoulders. Chest gets a little bit bigger. Gut gets a little bit smaller. Guess what? Your kids are like, dad's looking pretty good. You look like the other dads, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. That's a badge of honor. That's pride. It's about taking ownership. You know, there's nothing, again, complicated or proprietary about anything I'm saying. These are basic fundamentals. And the one thing I hear from most guys that reach out and talk to me is, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. Why? Why are we doing prep- it? Lack of preparation, lack of consistency, lack of accountability. And when I say consistency, everybody is consistent. The majority of men are just consistently making the wrong choices. So that's where we got to start flipping the switch on that. Everything we do is a choice. So you're choosing mediocrity. You're choosing conformity. You're choosing not to go through to the gym. You're choosing to go to the drive-through rather than preparing a meal. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to be content and okay in the position that you're in right now versus thinking where you can go or where you want to go. And again, mapping that out. Mm-hmm. Because what I believe, and having seen a number of sides of this, I believe that anything you want in life is not only possible, but highly probable if you start doing the work. Mm. I'm going to be transparent for a second. Um, And this is something I've worked on. And before starting this podcast, before starting my my first e-commerce business and and it's been a habit of mine i've been working on breaking my problem is over maybe over preparation whether it's being a perfectionist whether it's being a procrastinator like i i I talked about doing a podcast for a very long time before i started my podcast yeah right and then everything that i'm doing now i just think to myself i could have been so much farther if i didn't waste so much time paralyzed 
at the point of action, right? Like I could have the game plan. I could map it all out. I'll rework the plan, rework the plan. I'll sit down at the computer to do it and then paralyzed. Yeah, man. What is Feel that? It. Been there, done that. Paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect is the enemy of good. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we're afraid. We're fearful. Mm-hmm. Look, it's scary to start something. It's scary to put yourself out there. There are more reasons not to do it than there are to do it. Yep. You're going to have more people telling you it's not going to go well and all the reasons why you shouldn't do it that are telling you, you know what, you should do it. And all the, and we get paralyzed by that. We're not ready. It's not the right time. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the right time. And we are never going to be ready. Mm-hmm. And the, the answer is just start. You just start putting one foot in front of the other. Do one rep. Mm-hmm. Next day, show up and do two. Drink one less Diet Coke mm-hmm. today than you did the day before. Have one healthier meal. Have one conversation that you recorded, and now you can call it episode one of your podcast. Yeah. And often we do, we, we take these other steps to kind of like of all the things we need, you know, to get started and everything. I got to get the right microphone. I used to get the right microphone and I got to get the right setup, but it's got to look like this guy or this thing that I see out there, this vision. And then we spend and we invest and we do, and we do this. Uh-uh. <laughs> now try it the other way. Again, just go back to starting. Record it on whatever you got. You know, mm-hmm. pick up whatever's heavier than the thing before. You know, now you've lifted something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk right out your front door. You don't have to plan to go to the track, to go to the park. There's someplace you've never gone to before. Just get out the front door. Put $1 into savings instead of going out and buying something from some ad that popped up on your phone today. For the retail therapy dopamine rush, start asking yourself that better one or better two question. Do I put a dollar into savings or do I buy this thing today? Do I kiss my wife, you know, in the morning before I get out of bed or do I ignore her, take her for granted and just get off and go to work? Mm -hmm. Do I leave work early to go catch my kid's game? Do I eat? You can make better one or better two. We know the answers to the test, man. Yeah. And you start making better choices the majority of the time, the majority of your life starts to get better. They're directly related. And then the interest starts to compound. And now you've got momentum. And when you've got momentum, you start getting support. You start getting the clients you deserve. You start getting the friends you deserve. You start getting the opportunities you deserve. You know, mediocrity happens by default maximization Mm. happens by design that's what we're talking about something crazy and amazing that you just said about one of the choices of waking up do i kiss my wife before i leave or do i take her for granted i wake up at 2 20 in the morning and those that (laughs) listen to the podcast know that right my wife is mostly dead asleep next to me My habit is my alarm goes off and I don't hit the snooze button. That's one thing I always talk to guys about is like, you know, one of those things I practiced to start my discipline was no snooze button. Wake up when I say I'm going to wake up. 2.20, my alarm goes off. I'm up. I hit it before my wife even hears it. There's also times I'm waking up at 2.19. I'm turning it off before my alarm goes off because my body's just programmed now. But my second thing I do is I roll over and I give my wife a kiss to kind of whatever sometimes it's her shoulder sometimes it's her cheek sometimes it's her arm or it's her hand but here's what's crazy greg if i don't she knows she knows if i don't kiss her before i leave well it's a habit and it's a behavior and it's a gesture okay and it has meaning and it's something between the two of you Mm -hmm. look no matter what time our kids come home and our kids are older now what's the rule the rule is no matter what time you come home you've got to come into our room and we need to just know that you're home safely. Yeah. It's a rule. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an unbreakable rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Just enough to nudge us, wake us up, acknowledge again, we need to know that in order to sleep better. Same thing about waking up and what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I got, I got a question for you if it's cool. Like, Please, yeah. Why do you, because I'm just curious, why do you wake up at 2.20 in the morning? Like, oh. I, okay? Well, I'm just I, curious, I, like what you do, I don't know a whole lot about you, but but where I'm going, like, everybody does things differently and I'm always fascinated about how people do things. You know, why do you wake yeah. up at 2.20 in the morning? So uh, my, my day job or morning job is a, I'm a meteorologist. So I'm a morning meteorologist for the local news station, um, okay. which I'm thankful for because that actually puts a lot of structure into my life. Um, I'm up at 2.20. I'm out of the door by 2, 2.30. Um, because of that, my suit, my outfit, my days all planned out the night before. Um, I'm well-oiled machine. I get out of work. I come home. I came home. I did a cold plunge. I, I worked out and came back. My, my gym bag was already packed everything. I was already prepped for the podcast. So that's usually how my day runs. I'm up at two 20 and I know what my whole day looks like until 5 PM when my wife comes home. And then I spend the rest of the night with her before I go to bed at seven, seven 30. Mm, amazing. And th- no, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I didn't know that. And that's, but, and then here's where my point, cause I see the Emmy in the back. Okay. What mm-hmm. market are you in? What station? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So top 25 market, major market, uh, 22. Soon to be top 20 because it's a transient city and we're growing pretty fast. Awesome. I spent some time at, uh, with Post Newsweek and their station group and then with BLO and their station group, you know, doing yeah. doing a bunch of different marketing and non-traditional revenue for, for years. I love the 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 business. Now, you're, you're right, like the schedule and the discipline again about when you need to be there, when you need to be on air, when the news got all of those creates a great it, it can create a great framework. But where I was going with this and why I was also curious is that, again, there are lots of ways to be successful. You're not throwing out 220 in the morning. Okay? I mean, like, hey guys, the only way to do this is to get up at 220 in the morning. You know, and here's how you get just like I'm not saying, listen, the only way to do it is to wake up without an alarm clock and to do this. There's not one way to be successful. Mm-hmm. What's critical here is that you have to figure out which way works for you to be successful based upon what you have in your life, obligations, responsibilities, everything else. And then back into it, start figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Now you live a different life as a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. There's only one 5 a.m. news. Mm -hmm. You you don't put the 5 a.m. news on it at nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You're either there again or you're not. So it's that simple. So there's a, where do I exercise? What time do I have to wake up? Which means I have to go to bed at seven. Now, how many sacrifices does that take? And how many no's do you have to give when the people invite you out at night or for other things? Mm-hmm. How many ball games are you not going to, you know, no matter who's in town, you know, to play because they end too late. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries you know, there are just situations and circumstances that we can either allow to, to defeat us or define us. Yeah. Now you want to be a meteorologist in the top 10 mark, whatever the, again, the career trajectory is probably got to show up to work every day, doing a good job, looking to go like these things matter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out, you know, watching, I don't even remember what team, whether it's UNC or whether it's the, are the Hornets still there? I don't even know who's in Canada, but you yeah. know, if you're out late at night and you're lacking your sleep, slacking off, you know, on your fitness routine, you're not waking up probably feeling your best. Oh yeah. National and championship go- was yesterday. And that there's obviously some people there are waking, they're waking up all groggy because the game didn't end till like midnight and it was a blowout. Like I'll get the highlights in the morning. I'm good. So here's the, right, And I'm with you. Look, I didn't see it. I fell asleep. It's right here in Houston. I asked my son if he wanted to go and he's like, you know, I'm exhausted from track practice, <laughs> save the money. We don't really care about either of these teams, you know, like, but I get it. You know, the, the, the point really here though, in the conversation and why what you're doing is so important. It is about pointing out that all of our lives are different, yeah. but we can use the same tools, tactics, motivating individuals, inspiring individuals who are out there, seeing how they do it, listening and learning from it, and then building our own framework for success. Mm-hmm. My Fs might be different from your Fs or somebody else, but we should be working on turning each and every one of them into A's mm-hmm. yeah. for us. You know, I have a five rule framework that I believe works for anyone mm-hmm. because and then what you do with it is you make it specific for you. Mm-hmm. What's most important to me is not what's most important to you, most likely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Where I'm trying to go in the next three to five years is probably different from where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. When I aggregate and curate stuff down, what's on my list is probably going to be different than yours. When I open up my calendar and you open up yours, there's going to be different stuff on it. But they should reflect what our priorities are. You know, those things can be utilized any age, any stage, any gender, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you go from general to specific. You know, family's most important to you. I'm going to ask you to show me where it is. Yep. (laughs) Prove it. I do time blocking and my wife actually did that. She said, hey, am I a priority to you? Prove it. And we were able to break down hour by hour what my week looked like from sleep. Sleep was number one. My full-time job was number two. And number three was her. Everything I had control over, uh, outside, obviously outside of sleep and work, um, was below the time in the week that I spent with her. But that's, to your point, prove it. And sure, everybody's schedule could look differently. My time with my wife is not going to be the same time as someone else's, but it's the accumulation of that time and those values and priorities being reflected in the time that we spend. Yeah, and it's an interesting distinction there there too. It's yes, prove it. One, go back to prove it to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't break the promises you make to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't break the promises you make to the people that matter most to you. Like, yeah, you can prove it to your wife and your kids. And you're also going to do that through your actions. And that's super, super important. Prove it to yourself. Prove it to the people that matter. Don't mistake that with trying to impress and prove things to people that don't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the keeping up or the showing up or all the appearance and all the other stuff, because that also is an easy trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. look at what I have, look at what I'm doing, look at all these other things, but not really. Cause you know, inside it's not, it's not really, that feeling is different. Yeah. I, I, like, let's go there because I, I want to know, you know, what happens to us when we don't keep the promises to ourselves, when we have those habitual, maybe excuses that we make for ourselves, what, like, what ends up happening in our lives? Well, I think they're both, it's the same thing that happens when we do keep them. Like, I think here's the thing, when you keep them and you're doing the things you're supposed to do the way you want to do them, you know, Mm -hmm. invariably things start to go better for you. When you start breaking those promises that you make to yourself, when you start breaking those promises that you make to the people that care about you the most, things begin also to not go so well. You feel empty, you know? You can struggle with imposter syndrome. You can feel like a poser or a fraud. Hmm? You start mistaking again your busyness, you know, for productivity. You start believing your own BS and your excuse. You start justifying and rationalizing. And that snowballs as well. That perpetuates. Now you're consistent again, but you're consistently breaking the promises rather than keeping them. And any, and when you start being consistent in any one area, that's who you are. Look, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. You can be consistently smoking cigarettes. That makes you a smoker. Okay? Yeah. Consistently drinking, that makes you a drinker. Mm-hmm. Consistently exercising, that's likely going to make you fit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Consistently investing, that's likely going to make you wealthy. Consistently spending, that's likely going to make you, you know, probably not going to have a stockpile of cash reserve, you know, on end and a portfolio of great investments. If you're out, you know, these things, again, they're all, they're all connected. And it's not complicated. It goes back to being simple and simple being hard and doing simple well being even harder. You know, that's, really challenging for people again whatever age stage gender you're at that are looking as you were talking about to take that first step towards transforming into something that they're not right now yeah and i say right now because it's possible wherever you are right now the transformation and the change and the progress and the purpose and the process and the payoff 
is possible and probable. But you just have to be willing to, instead of breaking the promises you make to yourself, keeping them. Mm -hmm. Instead of consistently making the wrong choice, start consistently making the better choice. Mm. And defining what consistency looks like. I don't know how you are, but I don't work out seven days a week. I don't eat perfectly seven days a week. I don't do the right thing 100% of the time. That's not what consistency looks like. Maybe it's five days a week. You know, my board in front of me, you know, I've got four days of recovery or sauna or cold or whatever on there because you know what that's measurable and it's quantifiable and that's the minimum effective dose yep i can justify four out of seven i can make that happen setting myself up for success now if i try to go seven out of seven i've also now set myself up for failure now i can go five or six some weeks mm -hmm. But there's the minimum of what consistency looks like. And you can do math on this stuff. We don't just do enough simple math. Take four times 52. That's how many sessions you've got over the course of the year. Yeah. Pretty good. That <laughs> adds up to doing what I think. You've made the right choice the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Most of the year you've been on it. Right. You know, you want to read a book, read 10 pages a day. Every day you'll finish the book. Yep. Or you can sit down, try to read 50, decide again, you don't like the book, you know, put it down, never pick it up again. You know, the question becomes, don't break the chain. Yeah. You know, on the chains that we said, the promises that we make, just don't break them. Yeah. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy. I don't know if you can hear that. In your, oh, you're in your fine. <laughs> okay. That means I, it, this happens sometimes when you work from home and uh, like the Amazon guy shows up. This is, this is real life. That's consistency. The Amazon guy shows up consistently at my house. That Same. I can promise you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the that's dogs it. go crazy. Hey, that's that's the dogs doing their job. My, my pup Bruno does the same exact thing. When someone comes to the door, everybody will know it. But that's honestly... I love that because that's the authenticity about working from home, being who we are. And because I'm a big proponent of being able to embed our natural selves in the things that we do. And one of my last questions here is how can we bring the passion, authenticity, humility, transparency into everything we do? I know you're big about that and, and embodying that. Yeah. Look, it's again, that it's challenging. It, re it really is. You know, it's coming at us from all sides mm -hmm. as, as men about what we're supposed to be, what we should be, what we're supposed, you know, now the pendulum is swinging. There were all, we were supposed to be strong and not cry and not do all this. And then the pendulum swings to the other side. And now if you're not in a men's group and sitting down and exposing all your feelings, you know, now you've got a problem for that too. Like there's, again, there's a lot of this over-indexing. Yeah. In any one of these, these areas, you know, what I like to say to this is the middle is the sweet spot. And it really is, whether we're talking about midlife or anything else, that the middle really can be the sweet spot. And the chasing authenticity where authenticity does not exist, it's exhausting. We can feel it. You can feel it. You know, when something feels natural, a relationship, a person, an environment, you know, a shirt, you know, whatever, like, you know, when it feels like you and when it starts to energize you or fill your tank rather than drain it. When the call comes through, do you want to answer it from that person or not? <laughs> or the yeah. client or you know, we all know these lean into those feelings, track them, write them down, follow them like a storm, like in your business, you know, and learn from all of this. And start leaning into the things that fill your tank, that bring you joy, that feel productive and healthy and enlightening and empowering. It's people, places, things, experiences. Start making your list of those things. And when you write them down again and you draw that line in the middle of the paper and you highlight, you know, the ones they add up. It starts to become very clear, you know, who you are, what you like, where you want to be, who you want to be around, you know, that, you know, that vivid vision, Yeah. that maximized action plan, whatever you want to call it, starts to become much clearer 
you know, there. And I think a lot of times as guys, we're just perpetually in motion. And what we need to do more often than not is sometimes stop, take a breath, take a step back. And let's look at this. Let's really think about this. Mm -hmm. Let's ask and answer the hard questions, you know, like let's get raw in front of the mirror buyers are like, okay. And if you're a men's group guy, great. Mm -hmm. And if you want to raise your hand and speak in those groups, wonderful. And again, and if you don't, that's also okay. You know, find your ways of expressing, you know, who you are and resolving your own challenges or get the help you need, however you need it. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are great. Listen to them whenever, you know, wherever you want to. Newsletters are great. One-on-one -on -one work is terrific if you don't want to be part of a group. Being part of a group is terrific if you do. Again, point being, lots of ways to be successful. One way to fail is to stop trying. Yep. So take, just start. Take that first, all the themes that we talked about have come full circle. Take the first step. Just start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it forever. But also ask yourself, do I not like it because it's uncomfortable? Or do I not like it because it's forcing me to go places that I know I should go or do things that I know I should do and I'm still resistant because any habits and behaviors, good or bad, take time to break and take time to develop. Mm -hmm. So we just got to think about that. And more often than not, what's really helpful is, is support. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway. If I don't leave anyone with anything, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out by myself, trying to push the boulder uphill by myself, not asking for advice, not thinking I needed it, thinking I could solve every problem I was supposed to. And do. That's very lonely. And that's very slow. And that's very painful. And when you start actually looking at things the other way, what if I asked for help? What if I got some? What if I opened up to listening and do and what could happen then? Yeah. Yeah. Greg, this has been amazing. And I want to make sure that that folks can can learn more from you. Uh, pick up your book, follow you on social because you put out some amazing content and, and you speak about following those people who are uh, pro producing, right? They're producing more than they're consuming. And I consider you one of those men on social media and oh, hence why I first reached out and, and I knew this was going to be an amazing conversation. So please, how can folks connect with you, follow you and, and get your book in and even work with you and your coaching? Yeah, thank, thanks, Ted. Um, I, get, I keep it simple, so I'm easy to find. Um, you can go to midlifemail.com mm -hmm. and you can follow me at Greg Scheinman on Instagram. Now that they've given that blue check, that's the only account I have that's out there. Nice. Um, and you can subscribe to the podcast, the newsletter. I've got a free downloadable guide on there. You can buy the book from there and from Amazon. So again, it's pretty, pretty simple at Greg Scheinman or midlifemail.com. And uh, it's all there. I love it. I love it. And I'll have those links in the show notes for, for folks to connect. And uh, my last question, usually the heaviest one, I save it for, for, for the end really quick while we have a couple more minutes is uh, what is something that you've seen or something that's happened to you in your life that shapes the way you view the world as a man? Hmm. We're in, the, we're in the closing ends of this, and I want to end on a high note, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Um, but look, the pivotal moment of my life was when my father passed away. Mm -hmm. I was 17, and he was 47 mm -hmm. years old. So that was a pivotal life-changing moment for me going forward. And what I like to say now, you know, on the high note is, look, at 47, his life ended, and at 47, mine really began. Mm -hmm. That was, to me, my launching pad of I'm here. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. yeah. I made it to this point farther than he made it. Okay, now how are we going to make the most of it? Mm -hmm. So, you know, from, from those situations and circumstances, that's how you decide, you know, what defeats you again or what defines you. So yeah. now we have an opportunity to really change lives, to live our legacy, you know, right now, uh, to make him proud. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's my moment. That's my mission. 
I love that. I love that. And I didn't get to ask the question, but you you pretty much just beautifully wrapped up. One of the things I had was victim versus victory. Uh, using some of those things that happen to us, either we're a victim of it or we become the victor of it. And, and that was just a beautiful depiction. So, Greg, thank you so much for the time. Greg Scheinman, the midlife male. Uh, I'm going to recap some of the gems that you left along the way because I thought we touched on a lot of great things in this conversation. Follow the script, over indexing trap, as you call it. A lot of us fall into that. We kind of check all the boxes and we neglect our personal health or some of our personal values in the process. Conformity loves company. We find others that reaffirm our view on that. Our best days are ahead of us. Don't believe those people who are telling us, oh, wait until you hit 30s. When I turned 30, they said, oh, it's going to be a a terrible decade. I was like, it's going to be the best decade of my life. I'm going to get married. I'm going to, God willing, have kids and all that. I bought a house. 30s have been great so far, and I can only imagine what 40s will have in store for me. The action's not the outcome. A lot of us focus on the outcome and the pretty picture at the end, but we don't focus on the process and the actions along the way. We also don't understand the true cost of some of our indulgences. All of our choices, they either have rewards or consequences, and when we could really find out which one we're going to be dealing with, that could probably help us lead with more intentionality through life and then produce more than you're consuming. So many of us, myself included, fall into that trap of consumption and we don't produce as much as we are consuming. And then self-care is not selfish. Put on your mask before you put on the person but ne next to you. It's not selfish to take care of yourself first. And if you're having a hard time and you're maybe looking at the paralysis by analysis, remember, perfection is the enemy of good. Just start, gain momentum, and me mediocrity happens automatically. But success, happiness that happens through intention and all of our lives are different. Find out what works best for you. Greg Scheidman, ladies and gentlemen, great tips and great advice throughout this uh, this episode. And of course, if you guys enjoyed it at home, you already know what I'm going to ask. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It would mean the world to us. And if you can, share this with a friend that you know will get value from it as well. That's the best compliment that you can give us. And leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing as well. As we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. <laughs>